morning everyone, good to be with you and also if you're watching from home. Let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the majesty of the Lord's Prayer. We pray that you would, by your Spirit, open our eyes, give us insight to understand and a heart that wants to pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, why aren't we quicker to pray? I wonder sometimes if one reason why we're slow to pray is because somewhere inside us, deep down, we kind of feel like we don't have the right to pray. We think, who am I to ask God for anything? He is so big, I am so small. He is holy, I am utterly sinful. I can't bother God with the trivial things of my life. He's too busy running the universe to hear from little old me. I wonder if you ever feel like that. Which is why it's so liberating and so refreshing to come to the Lord's Prayer. Because if the first half of the Lord's Prayer that we looked at last week is all about delighting in prayer because of who God is and that we can pray in line with his priorities, that's the first half. Then in the second half of the Lord's Prayer that we're looking at today, did you notice the entire thing is about asking God for things? They're all requests to him. Just look how it starts in verse 11. It's at the top of your talk notes, if you've got those in your hands. Verse 11, give us this day. Give us. Jesus is saying it is good and right for his disciples to be asking their Father in heaven for things that they truly need. It is good and right. And this isn't just anyone's kind of top tips for prayer. Okay, this is the Son of God, Jesus himself, teaching us how to pray. It is, if you like, God teaching us how to talk to God. It doesn't get more authoritative than this. Give us this day. Have you ever noticed in the Lord's Prayer how the pronouns are all plural? Uh, Us and we, not me and I. I confess, I was so familiar with this Lord's Prayer, it almost passed me by. Forgive us. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. Do you ever wonder why? Well, I don't think Jesus here is ruling out private prayer. Because, in fact, we saw last week in verse 6 that Jesus says, go to your room and pray to your Father in secret. So Jesus encourages us to pray privately to him, maybe the majority of the time. But this is the balance. Jesus is saying, actually, we do need to be praying with others. Corporately, as a church, and we had it highlighted in the, in the notice, but that's why we have a central prayer meeting. It's, it's not because it's a kind of evangelical tradition that we run a prayer meeting uh, or, or, or a cultural norm. No, we run a central prayer meeting because Jesus teaches us to pray, not give me my daily bread, but give us our daily bread. And how often are we to pray? Well, verse 11 again, give us this day. You see, there's to be a dailiness about this this kind of prayer. Not because it's a religious ritual that we have to observe, but because it's a relationship that we get to enjoy each and every day. 
with our Heavenly Father. In fact, it's a relationship which has been won for us by Jesus himself through his death on the cross, which grants to all believers access to their Father in heaven, to his very throne of grace. It's astonishing, isn't it, to think that the gospel declares that we, utterly sinful and yet wonderfully forgiven, can come to him anytime, anywhere in prayer. And he promises to hear and respond in the very best way, in all his sovereignty and wisdom. What an amazing privilege it is that we have. Why wouldn't we come to him every day? Give us this day. That's why I've called the the talk, um, What to Pray for Yourself Every Day. It's on the screen. But what should we pray for ourselves? Well, three things in this prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray, and they're on your, on your handout, and they'll be on the screen. Again, Jesus, at the beginning of this prayer, says, pray like this. So he's not saying, pray these exact words, although there's nothing wrong with doing that, of course, but there more to be the pattern for our prayers, to set a model. So first, firstly, we see, number one on your sheets, pray for daily bread. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. The contrast in tone is striking, isn't it? You know, from the grandeur of the first half of the Lord's Prayer, where we're praying to our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on heaven and on earth. You know, those are big, huge, kind of titanic prayers, aren't they? And then a change of gear. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. It seems quite a shift in gears, doesn't it? But that's the point. You see, God is sovereign, and he is almighty, and he is incomprehensible, and yet he is so tender. Verse 8, if you look down, he knows what we need before we ask him. He cares about our daily needs. If it's important to us, it's important to him. So we, yes, of course, we pray to him for the big things, but we also can pray to him for the the small things that we need. See, there's no problem too big for God to cope with, and there's no problem too small for him to care about. It's interesting, isn't it, that we're to pray for our daily bread. There's nothing more kind of basic and down-to-earth than that, is there? It's teaching us that we're to pray for our basic material needs to to sustain us every day. But for what purpose? Well, I think we're helped by chapter 6, verse 33, just over the page, where you see Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, in other words, we're, we're to pray for our basic needs for the day so that we might seek first his kingdom and live for him, live for Jesus and seek his righteousness. You know, that image of of God providing food every day made me think very much of uh, in the Old Testament where God uh, feeds um, his people with the manna from heaven each and every day on the screen. That was daily provision, wasn't it? It wasn't more than they needed. It was just what they needed each and every day. They were to gather it every day except for the Sabbath. 
that picture is true for us. Our God is one who cares and who daily provides what we need when we come to him. Give us this day our daily bread. So firstly, pray for daily bread, but secondly, pray for forgiveness, making sure that we've forgiven others first. Uh, This is point two, and that's in verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus says that his disciples are also to pray every day for the forgiveness of their debts. Now, Jesus isn't talking about financial debt here. He's talking about a spiritual debt owed from us to God because of our sins. You see, sin, if you like, puts us in debt to God. And no matter how hard we try, we can never pay that debt back to God by our own efforts. It's just impossible, says the Bible. Now, the only way to have our spiritual debt paid for is by trusting in Christ, who paid and cancelled that debt for his people at the cross. In fact, on the screen, I think we've got Colossians uh, chapter 2, verse 14, which tells us that Christ cancelled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Wonderful. Now, you might be thinking, well, if all of our debts, our sins are paid for already at the cross when we believe, then why do we still need to pray for forgiveness day to day? Well, I think the answer is that the Lord's Prayer is actually the prayer of the believer, one who has already been forgiven all their sins by trusting in the cross of Christ. But yet that believer still needs to come daily back to God for forgiveness of their day-to-day sins. It's it's a, a way that we keep a healthy relationship with God. It's not like I just say sorry once at the very beginning of my Christian life. No, I, I keep on coming back to him in repentance and faith. It's a bit like, um, do you know uh, the, the scene in John's Gospel where Jesus washes his disciples' feet in, in, uh, in uh, chapter 13? You know, Peter... Um, Peter's says, you know, uh, well, Peter's whole body is clean, says Jesus, because of his faith in Jesus. His whole body is clean, and yet Jesus says, no, you need, I need to wash your feet. It's that picture of coming back for daily cleansing. So a Christian can, can pray this prayer, thank you that I'm forgiven already because of the cross, and yet, Lord, I'm conscious of my ongoing sins. Please forgive me and help me to change. That's why we say the confession every week, isn't it? Keep coming back to God, because the way into the Christian life is the way on in the Christian life. I think what this means practically for us is that we should be making time in our prayers to confess our sins to God. Not just pray for what we need for that day, but also saying sorry to him and bringing to mind the ways that we've failed and let him down, the ways we haven't loved him and others. And the wonderful news of the gospel is that a believer can be confident of forgiveness because of Jesus. So we come back confidently. But did you notice there's a second part to verse 12? And it's quite different from the rest of the Lord's Prayer. 
it stands out. Did you see the second half of verse 12? As we also have forgiven our debtors. <laughs> now, wow, this is, this is big. Jesus is saying to his disciples, before you ask God for the forgiveness of your sins, make sure you're, you're seeking to forgive the sins of others who hurt you, who wronged you. In other words, make sure you're not holding a grudge against somebody else. Because if you are, you need to let go of that and forgive them from your heart. As we also have forgiven our debtors. Why is this so important? Well, I guess because being willing to forgive others is the sign that we have received forgiveness ourselves. Uh, just have a look. Uh, Jesus underlines this in verses uh, 14 and 15. If you just look down, Jesus puts it really strongly. He says in verse 14, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's super strongly put, isn't it? And Jesus doesn't even say, forgive them if they offer you a groveling apology. No, he says, forgive them anyway. It's, it's to be unconditional forgiveness from the heart. Got a, a, a picture here. Do you remember the parable of the unforgiving servant? It's a bit later on in Matthew's Gospel. In that parable, Jesus shows us just how offensive it is to God uh, if we receive his forgiveness for our mountain of sin that he's forgiven, and yet we're unwilling to forgive someone else their tiny offenses in comparison against us. Now, I'm, I'm not saying, of course, that it's going to be always easy to forgive others when they've, they've hurt us. I, I do understand that. It may, may very well be that someone has hurt you very, very terribly badly. Uh, I know that um, some sins committed against you cut deep, and you can't just kind of click your fingers and, and easily forgive. I do understand that. But if you are a Christian, that is where you want to be headed. That is where you, that's the goal. That's where you want to get to as you reflect on the gospel, as you reflect on all that God has forgiven you to free you up to forgive others. It, it's not okay as a Christian to kind of nurse that resentment or to harbour that grudge and sort of wallow in it. I realise that it's not always possible or even right to reconcile a relationship back to what it was. But Jesus says, nevertheless we still must strive to forgive them from our heart. And you know what? It is a wonderfully liberating thing when you do. I want to say, if this speaks to you in particular, today would be a good time to turn and to pray with God's help that he would set you on the road to forgiving that person. Because the Lord's Prayer contains this line, as we also have forgiven our debtors. So we've seen, number one, that we're to pray for daily bread. We're to pray, number two, for forgiveness, making sure we've forgiven others first. And thirdly and lastly, we're to pray for deliverance from temptation and evil. This is verse 13. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or the evil one, as uh, footnote 5 says in our Bibles. So the Lord's Prayer ends with a cry for help. Did you notice? It's a cry that God would lead, lead us away from temptation and sin and towards him, that he would um, deliver us, he would save us from Satan's enticements. It's incredibly sobering, but it does remind us that we do have a powerful spiritual enemy who will do everything he can to stop us following Jesus. In fact, 1 Peter 5 verse 8, I think I've got it on the screen, reminds us that our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so when we, when we pray this prayer, we are admitting to God that we are not strong enough to fight this battle in our own strength. We need God's help and heavenly assistance every day not to give in to those temptations which war against our soul. I think what this, just reflecting on it a bit, what this part of the prayer really does for us, it, is it reminds us where the real battle is. I wonder if sometimes we, we think too much the battle is earthly, that it's a battle with the finances or a battle at work or a battle with our health or with politics. But the Lord's Prayer reminds us that actually the real battle is a spiritual one. It is for our eternal souls. That's why Jesus didn't teach us to pray, lead us not into poverty and deliver us from injustice. But he teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The real battle is a spiritual one. It also struck me that the ending of the Lord's Prayer is the very opposite of what you would call triumphant. In fact, we end the prayer more conscious than ever of our weakness and of our need for God's help. We might start the prayer with God on the throne, but we end the prayer with us on our knees, totally dependent on him. I take it this means that we should make time in our prayers to be watchful, to be honest with God about the temptations we're facing at the moment, to talk to him about the areas of sin that we are struggling with, perhaps patterns of anger or lust or bitterness. It is good and right to do that. He knows our struggles anyway. And pray that God would bring the gospel to bear again on those areas and give you the strength to fight. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Quick summary, what have we seen today? What, what are we to pray for ourselves every day? Well, firstly, let's pray for our daily bread. Pray for what you need to survive the day, to serve him and seek his kingdom first. Secondly, pray for forgiveness, making sure we've forgiven others first. Spend time confessing our sins to God and asking for grace to forgive others. And thirdly and lastly, pray for deliverance from temptation and evil. Remembering we have a powerful enemy and being honest with God about our battles and asking for help to fight temptation. My final thought about the Lord's Prayer is, is that... 
Did you know one day God is going to fully and finally answer the Lord's Prayer? When Jesus returns in glory to take his people home to the new creation, that is the day that his name will be hallowed forever. That is the day that his kingdom will come in full power and glory. That is the day where God's will will be done on heaven and on earth completely. It will be the day where we experience his wonderful provision as he provides for us from the tree of life. It will be the day when we will no longer have to pray for forgiveness of sins because we will be released from our sinful bodies and the struggle will be over. It's going to be the day when we are fully and finally delivered from the evil one as he's cast into the fiery pit forever. And most wonderful of all, we won't have to look up to our Father in heaven because he will be before us. We will be with him in heaven for trusting in Christ and we'll see him face to face for all eternity. But until that great day, Jesus says to us and to each one of us, pray like this. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that the Lord Jesus taught us how to pray. Thank you for that wonderful access that he's won for us. We're sorry for our slowness to pray. Thank you that you care for our daily needs. Thank you we come to you for things that we need just to survive the day. Please forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. And Father, please rescue us from temptation as we recognize we are so weak to fight, but you can empower us. And so, Father, we thank you for this wonderful series, short series though it is, but we pray it would have a powerful and lasting impact on, on us individually and us as a church. Help us to pray like this. In Jesus' name, amen.